Welcome to The Vine with your hosts, Elizabeth Sheldon and Gina Vensel. And today, our guest is Josh Krosny, the president, CEO, and founder of CSC Events LLC, which hosts and operates the world's largest scientific and medical cannabis event, the semi-annual Cannabis Science Conference. Josh is also the founder of JCANA, a nonprofit uniting industry leaders around medical cannabis to improve analytical testing standards and advance awareness. Hi, Josh. Hey, Josh. Hi, ladies. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you for having me. We're so pleased to have you. You're truly a leader and inspiration in the industry for all of us. And we always like to start off hearing your story. So hoping that you will tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've always kind of been, I ca I'll call it a friend of the plant for many, many years. Um, I think at times I didn't realize I was using it as a way to do, uh, as a medication for things like anxiety and other things, you know, before the education was really there, it just was something that happened to work for those things and I utilized it. Um, but before getting in the cannabis industry, I was actually um, in the can uh, staffing and recruiting industry for the analytical science space. So I was placing oh. individuals in yeah, like environmental labs, food safety labs, um, instrument manufacturers and things like that. And, you know, I, I had an opportunity to connect with a few different people that were either involved with the industry um, from a business standpoint and then a couple others that were involved with the industry as a patient standpoint. Um, one of the first people I connected with was Tracy Ryan. Uh, I'm sure you guys probably know Tracy and her daughter, Sophie, and their story. But for the listeners that don't, her daughter was diagnosed with um, brain cancer at eight and a half months old. And, um, you know, with um, traditional treatment, she went through, you know, obviously a chemo regimen and other things. But at the same time, um, her family was able to incorporate cannabis as part of her treatment plan out the gate as soon as she started the other treatments. So I really connected with her and her story really resonated with me. And um, with talking with Tracy, I realized that at the time, um, there were certain states and markets in the industry, um, in this community, that did not require um, cannabis testing for quality control at all. And at the time, California, where Tracy lived, was one of those states. Um, so it's really interesting if you think of something like cannabis that's been called a medicine since 96 legally here in the U.S. and California, at least, um, and that it has not been tested for quality control. You know, on the flip side of that, we see, you know, we have quality control standard testing for wastewater in our country. So it was something that was really alarming to me. And like I said, coming from such an analytical background and working with uh, the individuals that do this testing and make the instrumentation for it, I really saw an opportunity to um, kind of help jump in and improve what was currently being done or the lack thereof. And really just, you know, that was part of it, but also really taking another peek behind the curtain and realizing that research and development really had a far way to go. Um, and we weren't seeing a lot of that being done here in the U.S. And really my kind of intention and goal when I was in this industry was to really bridge the gaps between traditional science and medicine and the cannabis community. And we've done a really good job of doing that so far because we've really tapped into our contacts that we had, you know, prior to being in this. And my thing is I'm all about changing minds. Um, so I really, you know, spent half my time at cannabis shows and the other half of my time at traditional science and medical shows trying to, you know, continue to, to bridge those gaps because both, you know, all of these communities have a lot to learn from each other um, at the end of the day. So that really was was what jump-started me getting into the industry. And, you know, honestly, when I started the Cannabis Science Conference, it was something that I was really excited to do. And, you know, I kind of had a smaller vision for it, but it 
grew so quickly out the gate and just, you know, continued to double and double and double even in the first year that I was really excited. And I said, hey, let's grab onto this growth and really um, give the community, the industry what it's looking for. And, you know, since then, we launched our first show in 2016 um, in Portland, Oregon. And then we have been in Portland, Oregon every year since then. And then we also have been in Baltimore, Maryland, which is where uh, Elizabeth and I both live. Um, so that was really a great experience to bring the show home because like I said, when we launched um, in 2016, the planning's going back to 2015. And at the time in the state of Maryland and most of the East Coast, there wasn't really much going on. So um, in a perfect world, I would have loved to have launched this platform here at home, but it was almost even more exciting to have something that was internationally recognized um, and respected and bring that home to our community here once they were ready for it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was able to attend uh, your conference last year in Baltimore because that is, um, being that I'm from Pittsburgh, that was a much shorter travel for me uh, to come to the East Coast uh, event. And I really, really enjoyed it. And as an events professional myself, having been in the industry producing live music and festival events for over the past 15 years, this is just such a, a really impactful time for for all of the, the events and entertainment business, having all events essentially postponed or canceled due to the pandemic. So I wanted to just chat with you a little bit about how the pandemic has impacted you with your festival this year. And then also with just the surge of these online events, especially in cannabis coming forward, you know, what your feelings are about this, because we're all feeling still a lot of the Zoom and virtual fatigue. So just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, where you think this is going. And if you think that this these new kind of virtual events um, or something, or maybe you saw something new that might inspire us in this world. Yeah, you know, and I will say to your point, um, this for the live events space, this is kind of an incident and a situation that like, at least in our lifetime, we've never seen. Um, you know, I always like to say, you know, everyone says we're all in this together, which I agree with, but I always follow up and say, but we're all in different boats. So no one knows exactly what the other one's going through or what their business is struggling with. Um, it's all a little different. And, you know, with us, it's an actually an extra layer of concern that we had to really keep in mind is because we do work with the leading scientific minds, the leading medical minds. Um, we do have so many patients and patient families that come to our shows to get information about treatment that, you know, we do end up having quite a bit of immunocompromised individuals that attend or we're working with the healthcare providers that are working directly hand in hand with them and they can't risk getting sick and then bring it back in their practice so that's been really challenging and you know for us um, just like everyone else this is such a new and different world that we were kind of like you know we didn't know what to do so initially our, our Baltimore show was scheduled for April 6th through 8th um, we obviously you know, late um, February, early March, we're starting to realize that that wasn't going to be able to work out. So, you know, we hopefully at that point um, postponed that show to um, the end of June. And I actually um, was in Elizabeth's launch of her magazine here in Maryland, a whole issue about an uh, article about the show. We were so excited. And, um, you know, that's another space, the publishing space. I mean, gosh, they've been hit terribly, too. But um, so then that, that show obviously got closer and closer. And one of the things also was that the Baltimore Convention Center, where we host the show in Baltimore, had been being utilized as a COVID-19 field hospital. So regardless of what you know happened timeline-wise with COVID, the, the Convention Center also had a policy that it had to be 30 days in between it being a hospital um, and being in a, a live event there for proper sanitization, which we obviously understand and then we were kind of in this pattern where we postponed that one to the spring of 2021 but we were still looking forward ahead to our portland show which was uh, scheduled to be just last week uh in portland oregon which again is our flagship show so you know for us it's been 
really a sad time. You know what I mean? Obviously, um, I think one of the things you can take for granted sometimes is when you come out the gate successful and you just continue to build and build and build on that success and then you get a wrench in there like this it's kind of just like what do we do and you know we weren't one of those companies that was already set up as you know like a hybrid type of situation where we already did virtual stuff you know we've done webinars here and there but nothing on the scale of you know putting a whole conference full of content together in, in one live event uh, or online event so it's really been, it's been really challenging and you know i have found in the beginning of this um when it was just so uncertain that it really benefited me to take a little bit of time to just like connect with myself and like find out like are, are you good like is everything good like because i feel like as entrepreneurs in this industry, which I mean, I feel like we're probably all blessed that we get to travel and go and experience so much, but you can get burned out sometimes, especially when you're, you know, flying seven, eight times a month. Um, some people are even more than that. Uh, but I will say, I will never complain about traveling again. That's right. <laughs> all of us, all of us, my so, friend. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but, you know, then I kind of, you know, dusted myself off. Like I said, I took a week or so and just really connected, connected back and plugged back in. Um, and really, you know, in that time, took time to strategize and really think about what, what our vision was for 2021. Um, we're really hopeful for 2021. I think that um, you know most of the world probably is hopeful um, and what gives me hope is seeing so many other countries and places that have been through this and handled it a little bit better and have got on the other end I know that we haven't handled it as well and I think one of the issues there is you know we are the United States of America most of these other countries have been following plans for an entire country so it's like if you do a quarantine or a lockdown everyone's going for the same 30 or 60 days or whatever it is we kind of here had these different phases and you obviously have people traveling from this state to that state so that's that's been challenging you know we are really excited um i i've got the chance to attend a couple of these virtual events um but like you said i can, I can understand you know what you mean by like you know, there's so many to choose from, which ones are great. You know, some are trying to charge a ton of money. Um, you know, there's some that are out here saying, oh, we're going to bring this many thousands and this many thousands. And it's kind of like, well, you don't really know how many people you're going to bring to a virtual event until you've done your first virtual event. And, you know, as I'm sure with you in the beginning of what, what you did with your um, events career, for me, even at our first show, before we had our first show, we had people saying how many people are going to be there and that's just really a question you can't necessarily ask with answer with certainty um before you've done it so the more you do it the more you kind of get your percentage of growth and you can kind of project a little bit but um it's it's been challenging but we are actually like i said we'll be back in um baltimore in the end of march and portland in the beginning of september 2021 but we are in the beginning phases of putting together a great virtual event for the fall likely sometime in november um mm -hmm. you know we we're yeah, we're in the process of talking with a few different platforms. There's just there's a lot to choose from, a lot of different variances in the offerings. Um, you know, for me, obviously, I think our show is so content um, rich. You know, like a lot of shows you go to, it's more for you know this or that. I think our show, if you're coming for specific reasons, and we do the four tracks, which is analytical, medical, cultivation, and hemp. So if you're really plugged into one of those four industries, you can go check out one of these tracks for the whole conference and just get great, great content. But our show is also great for the networking and the and the, and the marketing and getting to know people. As you guys both know, you've been to our shows. We do you know great events like in Baltimore. We had an after party at the aquarium and did a tour and a screening of Ricky Lake's movie. So we always try to really have a good time with it and uh, and really build up the networking. So those are really the two elements that are most important to me um, in this process of really nailing down what we're doing with the virtual event is 
really a streamlined, easy way for people to pick their content and go between the session rooms, but also to have really great networking features for folks to not just connect one-on-one, but hey, if you're in a situation where you have three or four people that should be talking to each other, it's easy to hop into some kind of, you know, either a text chat or a group video chat or something like that. So we're really, um, we're pretty close. We're, we're down to about two of them that we're looking at. Um, and we're just really excited. And, you know, for us, it's kind of a way for us to really, um, you know, stay in people's minds. And, you know, some of our clientele, as far as vendors, um, since the Baltimore show has launched, have been, you know, signed up with us for both shows. So they're, you know, looking to be in front of our audience twice a year. And now it's kind of went to no times this year. Um, like like many of us. So we really are looking forward to, you know, putting this virtual event out there and really, um, you know, having a great time with it and highlighting some of our speakers. You know, it, it was a really sad thing to have so many great um, speakers and content lined up for both the Baltimore and Portland show to just kind of, you know, you know, it's in limbo. And the thing with the cannabis industry is, you know, it'd be great to be able to say, hey, we're just going to hold all that till next year. But things change so much and, and things become irrelevant. So yeah. So, you know, I participated in a few of these virtual events. I, you know, I really, I enjoy it. I honestly enjoy more being, you know, with my community and connecting. That's not necessarily possible right now, but um, I'm hoping that sooner than later, we, we will get back to that reality. So is this whole plant expo that where you're going to be, is that something that is different from what you're doing? Yeah. So I'm going to be doing, yeah, I'm going to be doing a keynote address at the um, whole plant expo for their industry track. And I'm really excited about that. I am not a hundred percent familiar with the um, exactly how their platform is set up. So I'm more of just like in the process of, you know, recording my talk and getting that submitted. But uh, we are also a sponsor of that event. So Andrea and I, Andrea Praza is our COO. So I'm going to give her a shout out. She's my strong right hand and helps us so much. But um, she, her and I have been working on all the booth and, and sponsorship stuff. So I'll know a little bit more about that once we we dive into it. But it sounds like it's a pretty advanced platform. Um, I know John Sidlin at... Um, at the compound IPO, which is hosting this event. Um, and he's a great guy. And I know he's, uh, you know, got a similar focus that I do is really just helping people and, you know, educating. And, you know, I think theirs is more centered around, um, you know, medical cannabis and hemp topics. Uh, I'm really excited because some of my, you know, closest, you know, greatest friends in this industry are also doing keynotes, um, like Dr. Bonnie Goldstein, uh, Marvin Washington, who is a great friend. Um, Dr. Janice Knox of the Knox Doctors families who are amazing, um, the family of physicians who are all mother, mother, husband, daughter, daughter, all medical cannabis doctors. Um, yeah. And if anybody's interested in learning more about them, I actually just wrote an article about them. I do a, um, a column for each issue of Cannabis Science and Technology magazine. Um, so if you go to CannabisScienceTech.com and go to the columns and click my name, I have a whole list of stuff. And the last one um, was with them. I, I, I love the title that I called it. It was like, the first family of cannabinoid medicine, the Knox Doctors. I love that. Because <laughs> they really are, you know, they're, they're yeah. So they're great, great folks. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to, you know, be out there and, and, you know, connect with our community, like the only way that we can right now. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest in the beginning of all of this, when like, you know, podcast requests are coming in, you know, article requests are coming in. It's like, I usually love doing that stuff, but at the beginning I was just kind of like, well, what do you want me to tell you? Like our events, like we don't know, you know what I mean? So I, I'm feeling like much better about like the future and the present and like getting this virtual thing together. Uh, but I think we all kind of went through waves 
of this whole kind of quarantine. And, you know, we kind of thought probably, oh, this will be maybe a month or two months. And, you know, here we are now. Um, you know, I really regret that, like, 2020 is going to be my year <laughs> post on New Year's yeah. Eve. <laughs> I know. it's it, It's been so unprecedented for us. And I just, I'm so glad to hear, though, that you are moving forward with plans for 2021 because we have to be able to get back to some sort of in-person events. I mean, we, I, I, it's great to have these digital ways, but for me, in many capacities, it's, it's the way we do things now so we can still be together, so we can still continue. Because like you said, things change so quickly. We can't just come to a halt this year because of the pandemic and think that, you know, we're trying to push the envelope to end stigmas. We need to keep working at it time and time again. So it's really exciting to me to hear that you're moving forward. But I do feel that it can be overwhelming diving into all these different event platforms, trying to figure out which one is going to be the best. You know, we're, I'm doing a, a musical fundraiser. We're, we're doing one platform. I have a TEDx event. We're using another one. And each one, like you said, is very much trial and error. And so I'm, you have such a brand already and you have such great content. And so I think that based on that alone, people will tune in to the digital event, but everyone's ready to come back in 2020. 21. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want us to rush into live events until before we're ready. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that like, I'm ready for it to be that time. You know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> we're human beings. We like to connect with one another, you know? Absolutely. But you made such a good point earlier when you're saying, think of the, not only the people that are the guests that are coming to your event, but who actually are the people talking and attending and vending? They're in the science community. They're the ones that are really, you know, moving through, through this whole pandemic in such an intense way. So it is a little different. It is to make sure, you know, that everything is is accurate and, and ready for that next step. And so even though the events have slowed down, we see you all over the place. We know you're still working just as hard. And so we're curious with a lot of the talks that you've been having with your speakers and the partners that you have. Are there some some interesting things that are happening maybe behind the scenes that you could give us some insight on maybe some just some of this kind of, you know, breakthroughs in science that you might be seeing or just maybe something during COVID that's spun out of all of this that might be really interesting? Yeah, um, you know, there's been some really great, um, you know, stuff going on. And there's there's definitely a few groups that are looking at the potential of cannabis for COVID treatment. Obviously, that's a little bit of ways out. Um, so I don't really want to quote any specific research because, like I said, it's it's it's, it's a ways out. But, um, you know, there's really some potential there. And I actually um, have an interview with Dr. Bonnie Goldstein in my next column that's coming out for the next issue that's talking a little bit about um, what it's like for her treating immunocompromised individuals during a global pandemic because her practice, she specializes in pediatric patients, many of which are suffering from cancer and autism, epilepsy, and a lot of other conditions. Um, so that has been a great thing. And we talk a little bit about in the, in the interview about um, you know, the things that are similar to COVID and things that we've seen that are able to treat those symptoms. And I think that's really interesting. Um, I also, there's another column I did with uh, um, some researchers out of Italy that discovered a new cannabinoid that was earlier in the beginning of this year. Um, that was really exciting. Again, I always try to pick a catchy name for my, my articles. So that one was like, new year, new cannabinoids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, but I, I almost wanted to call it new cannabinoid, who this? <laughs> but I figured, you know, I'll go with the, with the first one. But um, but yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because 
research doesn't completely stop during something like this, but it is um, a different world. You know, like I know some of the individuals that we know from like UCLA and other other research entities. Um, they're not they're not back in the lab yet. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them are still virtually doing that the best that they can. Um, so I'm really hopeful for the future. You know, I think um, there is stuff happening more and more in a lot of the countries that are not still in lockdown. Um, you know, kind of kind of off topic. I don't know if you guys saw the drone drop in Israel where like a drone flew over Tel Aviv and dropped like hundreds and hundreds of bags of cannabis. Yes. Like little yeah. pre-rolls or something. Yeah. I think I had a dream about that so, once. So like when I saw that that was like a right. real headline, I'm like, is this an Onion article or did this really happen? And like this, I think was in a dream right. of mine one time. Like if we could only just, you know, have like all of this cannabis drop down on the communities and help them feel better. I mean, that would be like a dream come true. And here it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my dreams have been so interesting. Yeah. Well, I, my dreams have been so interesting during all this. I feel like since we went in lockdown, just very different than, than normal, you know? <laughs> okay. So can we talk about your reputation as the best dressed man in cannabis? Yes. And first, and first I have to tell a story about your shoes. They're legendary. So a mutual friend now, I did not know you, um, said, you need to go meet Josh. And I said, well, where and how? And he's like, he will have the greatest shoes in the room. I looked down in the room. I saw your sparkles. The rest obviously is history, but um, we can't go without talking about how fabulous you are and your <laughs> shoes. Oh, well. well, oh, these old things. I mean, no, sorry. <laughs> um, thank you. That that is so sweet and you know it's um it's something that like you know i when i got into the industry and it's no secret i like a little flash i like a little shine a little diamond here a little shoe there and for me like when i was getting into this industry because the career path that i was in before this i felt i think more pressure to button up and be a little bit more um you know, professional looking, uh, like what you would have your idea of a professional, you know, the suit, the, you know, plain brown dress shoe, you know, wonderful, you know, great look, but not necessarily who I feel I am. And then when I made the jump, I kind of like had a conversation with myself because um, we do that sometimes, have conversations yeah, with do. ourselves. <laughs> as long as you don't start talking back to yourself, that's the, that's where you have a problem. <laughs> Um, but, and I just said, I, I was like, are you, you know, you have this opportunity in an industry that is yes, professional, but a little bit more open-minded, a little bit more laid back in a lot of ways. Do you kind of continue feeling like you're being put in a box that you don't want to be in, or do you just embrace who you really are and just put it forward? And honestly, for me, it's more about that than it is about, you know, cause I mean, impressing someone, I really don't care. You know what I mean? That's not why I wear or do anything I do. Um, it's lovely and I always appreciate compliments, but it's like, I dress the way I dress and act the way I act because it makes me happy. Um, and I felt at that time, I said, you know, if I go into this new career path, authentically 100% myself and not pretending to be anything I'm not, um, including being a member of the LGBT community, uh, I'm very proud about that. And I do a lot of advocacy for that as well you really all lead with authenticity, you know? And for me, it's it's provided me the opportunity to be myself and make real long lifetime connections and friendships with, with individuals in this industry that we've all lifted each other up over our career paths. So for me, you know, I'd rather do this than go into it being, you know, buttoned up, like pretending to be something I'm not. And then the genuineness doesn't roll off and people can feel when you're not genuine. 
and they might not want to get closer to you or have a personal relationship with you. So for me, like I said, it was a conversation. So like, you know, it, the coin could have been flipped another way and you guys might've known a more boring version of it. But how boring would that be? Right. Well, and this industry is about relationships. I, I find it's, it's really the connections and who you know. And trying yeah. to navigate through it to figure out who truly is authentic. I mean, right. we've found that there are people get into this industry for all different reasons, uh, many of which are not the true reason that that they're telling you that they're in. And and really to meet people that that put their authenticity out there and are so open to me, that's what really gains the trust that I know Elizabeth and I are looking for to have partners and to move forward um, with our PMP business because it's tricky. There are a lot of people still in this industry for the wrong reasons. And, you know, I hate to say that, but we know it's true. And it sometimes takes some time to figure out who's authentic and who's not. But that's one thing we've just always loved about you, Josh. You just put it out there. You are you and we love you for it. And you are fabulous. And you really truly really are a star and an inspiration to others. And that's why, you know, we want to ask, you know, if someone's about to get into the industry or maybe they, they want to just, maybe they're thinking about getting a job in medical cannabis or, or just maybe even in event planning or anything like this, what would you say to, to give some advice to folks that are maybe just starting to want to get into the industry? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys so much. I love you both so much. And that means the world to me. Um, and you guys are definitely counted in some of those great friends and lifetime relationships I talked about. So that means the world to me. But definitely everything I just said, you know, for me, obviously, you know, being open about, you know, your sexuality is a personal decision that, you know, for me, that worked for me just to be who I was. Um, I don't think anyone should ever pressure someone to do that if they're not ready. Um, but again, doubling on what I just said, but also like to, to further that is to come into this industry and do what you're good at now. You know, when people ask me like, what should I do in the cannabis industry? I'm like, what you do now, you know, what you're good at now, figure out how it fits into this space because it is all, like, I mean, if you look at this industry, it's nothing's been like this since the dot-com boom when it first started, you know what I mean? It's never been a new American industry and it's not even legal yet. You know what I mean? So it's right. like, we've come this far. So it's like, whether you're a, a money person or a marketing person, or or maybe you are a, 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 a agricultural type of person and you want to grow. But I always tell people there's a lot more to this industry than owning dispensary or owning a grow or working at one or, or whatever. You know, for me, I do the conference. I run the nonprofit. I, I sit on advisory boards of other nonprofits and do things like that. I do my writing. So it's like I've really had the opportunity to tap into like multiple skills of mine and do a lot of fun things with that. So I always say don't try to fit into anyone's like idea of our cannabis box of what like a cannabis entrepreneur looks like because it looks different for everyone so i think just embracing yourself and and really the best thing is like don't inflate your skill set don't say you're good at something that you're not good at don't promise work to someone that you can't deliver because i think that is something that we have you know obviously all seen time and time again in this industry that seems to not necessarily get better as as time goes on and then you know especially you know with the hemp boom that we saw over the past couple years and you know that was good in a lot of ways but i think bad in a lot of ways now we have a lot of subpar products in you know like gas station bathrooms and here and there so it's like um you know just being authentic and i think um, being true to what you can do and what you can deliver. And, you know, the thing is you can only, you know, BS someone for so long 
before they're like, hey, this this person doesn't actually know what they're doing. And, you know, it, it seems like a really big industry, but at the core of like the really the movers and shakers of this industry, it is a big, small industry. You know, things get around pretty, pretty quickly. You're so right. So right. And we've just, you know, trying to navigate our new business with getting the podcast launched and and plant media project up off the ground we we've definitely had been approached by a lot of people that are looking for work and looking to get in the industry and and we we pretty much agree that if you have a skill set find a way to use that into the industry or find a business that you can work with that is friendly to the plant or works friendly with cannabis companies. At least that's a good start. But I think that in the next couple of years, we're going to see even so many more jobs come out of this industry, that there's going to be so many more ways for folks to be involved. Uh, but you could also just go to conferences like the Cannabis Science Conference. I mean, walking around the expo floor and meeting these people in person, you get to meet so many of the actual business owners and shake hands with them. That's why I really you know, miss the in-person events, because when you can be face to face with someone and shake someone's hand and, and feel their energy and get to see that authenticity in person. There's really nothing like it. And, and that's by going to all these conferences and spending the money to fly from coast to coast. It's always been so worth it for Elizabeth and I, because that's where we make some of these relationships that become best friendships. Even though you may only see them a couple times a year, you keep in touch because you have the same shared passion. You believe in the same things. And to us, we feel like that's what at the core, what can really help change the stigmas around this industry. Yeah, absolutely. And educating yourself. I think if you want to work in an industry, no matter what industry it is, you should know about that industry. So learning about the endocannabinoid system, even if you don't want to get into the medical space, if you want to work in this industry at all, you should know the basics of endocannabinology. You should know the difference between CBD and THC and learn about some of the other cannabinoids, at least some of them. Um, so, you know, I think that's really important and, you know, the live events are great and, you know, we've, we've got the opportunity to work with some of the best, amazing presenters from all over the world. You know, we are a science and medical cultivation show, but we also, as you guys know, throw in some great fun celebrities, uh, for each of our shows, you know, some of the recent ones we've had, uh, where, you know, you guys remember Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein and Montel Williams in Baltimore, uh, which was great because Abby, I'm sorry, um, Ricky Lake was got her start in John Waters films here in Baltimore and Montel Williams is from Baltimore. So that was like no irony lost there. I definitely, yeah. So there was no irony lost there. I definitely picked them strategically. Yes, uh, and then, yeah. And we were really excited the year before we had, uh, or I'm sorry, the following show in Oregon, we had uh, my good friend, uh, Livy Newton-John, her husband, Amazon John, who have such a beautiful, amazing plant medicine story. And, you know, we worked with Fran Drescher and, you know, some other really fun ones and professional athletes. And, you know, that's really fun for folks. And, you know, we really, you know, really choose carefully the celebrities we work with. I know a lot of celebrities are starting to get in just because of the business standpoint, which I think is great. I think anyone that's amplifying the message is wonderful. But for our shows, the celebrity has to have some kind of substantive connection to the plant, whether it be medical, personal, um, things like that. So um, it's been really great. And, you know, it's been a great journey and we're we're not done with it anytime soon. So we're trucking along. We're in there with you. So if people wanted to learn more about the Cannabis Science Conference and follow your journey, how could they do that? Yeah, so um, on our website, obviously, it's CannabisScienceConference.com. All social platforms, uh, Cannabis Science Conference. I think Twitter might be CannaSciCon, so that one might be a different one. I don't know why I did that, but 
Um, but yeah, and then, you know, everyone can follow me as well if they're interested. Josh Crosney on most platforms, um, LinkedIn and Instagram and things like that. But uh, yeah. Thank you so much. You we, are just, we could talk to you all day, though, Josh. <laughs> we just appreciate your time so, so much. So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a part of your first season. And I can't wait to see all the great things that you guys do with the podcast and Plant Media Project. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. And please join us next time for another episode of The Vine, a Plant Media Project podcast. And to learn more about PMP, please visit plantmediaproject.com. Thank you.